The lesson for the day was not new. Teach descriptive writing. Use concrete nouns. A sign on my door in blue marker read, Bound class on walkabout. Would teaching inside a bunker have been criminal on such a day in mid-September? That blemish-free blue sky was sealed tight across the courtyard. Close your eyes, I said. Feel that breeze. Is that the first true breeze of fall? They were to take notes on the senses. One solo flower bloomed, the last of the small starburst orange coreopsis. Did anyone know its name? No one knew. While picking apart the seeds of a dying flower, still half green and alive, I said, enjoy the bloom of youth, but also enjoy all parts of life, knowing what you can leave behind to grow. What about the names of the trees around us? No one knew. Empty concrete planters tilted toward the east, reminding me of Roman ruins. Would you be sad if you were a planter that contained no flowers, no soil? What other metaphors and symbols here can be used? I noticed a Virginia creeper slithering its way across the suffocating daff daffodils, across the suffocating daylilies. I ripped it out. How is a weedy vine a metaphor for our lives? As a writer, I said, I had to use concrete words to add depth and clarity and meaning to my writing. Everything has a Latin name and a common name, a genus and a family. No one could tell me the name of the common bird by the trash can. That's a finch. Fringilla salopes. They love thistle and nibble constantly on my fading garden now. The top-heavy, bulging heads of my purple coneflowers. Echinacea purpurea. Picking up a broken twig with six or seven dead brown leaves, I crumbled the leaves and allowed them a brief flight on the breeze. They once charmed us with cherry blossoms, prunus serolata. I told my editor, Ava, that we will be like these desiccated leaves. Everything that lives will be food for the next wave of life, like the ancient Egyptian symbol of the snake that devours its own tail. It's called Ouroboros, and a paradox. Mr. Bound, that's horrible, she said. Uh, yeah, but if we acknowledge our end, I said, we can have heaven now. It's right here. Will anyone care at your funeral about your SAT scores? Awkward smiles of relief may have appeared. We approached the gazebo. Few ever stepped inside. Fewer even recognized the names dedicated to those who have died from Eastern, our school. I enter in solemnity. Reporters were busy writing notes. In a hushed voice, I told them stories of the august names engraved in gold. Mr. Good was my eighth grade history teacher, I said. He was the best. He was the one who encouraged my love of history, I told them. I wrote a 15-page research paper on the Battle of Gettysburg. I still have it. He was a Revolutionary War reenactor and would come dressed to school and fire blanks from his musket. 
It was the best lesson in middle school, I said. It's one lesson I most remember. It's about following passions, doing what you love. If you don't, change. Don't wait. I then whispered to Carol Moyer, my ninth grade biology teacher, who assigned an obituary for homework. We had to think about death to make life worth living. So I wrote about having a family and a wife and a best-selling novel called The Devil's Calling. She read my obituary to the class. In ninth grade, Walter Bound was never the one selected in school for anything amazing. Well, until then. She loved the idea, and my friend Dirk Dunlap said I should start. So I did, I told my class by the gazebo. I finished the novel in the summer before college. So I, too, followed my passion. I mentioned the names of the kids I taught who also had passion. Alicia Rose, Kyle, Nasa, the kids I loved, the kids whose atoms and rec letters still swirl in room 605 and in my head. The students I went to school with, the crazy dedicated colleagues who guided me when I was a new teacher, like Carlo Nicastro, who would dress as a cheerleader for Halloween, all with that crazy hairy chest, or as Gumby, damn it. The administration was always quite upset. He didn't care. The kids loved it. We loved it. You're going to live, right? You got to live. I think Carlo Nicastro must have told me. If it ain't fun, why do it? We call those years the golden age of teaching. I came to teaching 20 years ago in the golden leaf of the golden age, but at least I caught the sun. Tears welled in my eyes as I moved the class back, reluctantly inside the institution. We moved quietly through the halls, noticing the students in rows on iPads, or the kids on the pottery wheels. We passed by guidance with SAT dates and college visits. Seeing those signs makes me so nervous, one said. Just remember the things that really matter, I said, and just follow your passion. Thank you for listening.